Hello, hello. Alright, we're recording. You ready? You ready. Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Local Mountains Podcast. I'm your host, Kobe Johnson. Sitting here next to me, co-host, Howard Williams. Howard? What's up, guys? How's it going? So Are we here? We're here to give the people what they want. Get people like us who have the day-to-day nine-to-fives or just enjoy what they're doing. Just a podcast that they can relate to. They can get behind and really, you know, find some commonality with. I think it's important, especially like people in our community because it's so small that we're able to like connect with these people and like let them know like they're not alone and like some of the problems they may have going on or some of the stuff that like in their life they may be dealing with. But, you know, we're going through that same stuff too. It's a crazy time right now, dude. Yeah. It really is. 2020 is nuts. So you already have a beer open. I'm open to my beer. Perfect. What are we drinking, dude? We're drinking our local Bayern Brewery, 1987, longest standing brewery in the state. It's their Groomer Winter Mars and Lager. So they are traditionally a lager house. And this beer in particularly, in particularly, excuse me, was <laughs> for Snowball, local. That's beer. sick. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. I always thought it was called Bayern. It's called Bayern? Bayern is like how you say it after working there for three years. Oh. Bayern. Just kind of how I say it. But yeah. Is it just like a local thing? Like I guess. Like <laughs> That's a local weird. work thing. It's really weird. Yeah, dude. But this beer, originally a face plant was up at the mountain, but face plant's a little stronger. So this one's a little stronger. more toned down <laughs> you know, for some some of the inexperienced riders. Yeah, so we both snowboard a lot. Um, I don't think I'd get fucked up off of three beers. It's possible. It's possible, but I'm already three beers deep, so... Yeah, we're just chilling. I don't know what he's been doing this whole time, but, <laughs> but yeah. So I guess the first things first. Um, a lot of other podcasters, you already know who they are. I don't know what the hell that was. Joe Rogan, those guys like Joe Rogan, uh, Dak Shepard. There's already a story. You already know their story, so I guess you don't know our story. So Albert, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? I'll start. You want to start? So right. me and Kobe met. Probably about seven years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah, man. It's been a it's long time. It's been a long time. We met in college. We both played lacrosse at uh, the school, University of Great Falls in Great Falls, Montana. And we met there and just came from two completely different backgrounds. Like, in the world we live in, the climate of our world, like our current culture, you would never expect two guys from such vast backgrounds to have such a big imprint on, like, one another's lives. Like, since we've known each other, we've always kept in contact. We've been, I mean, you know, we've just been brothers. Like, blood wouldn't make us any closer. He literally moved into my house. It's true. (laughs) For a whole summer and a half. A whole summer. That was a rough summer. It was was a lot of, a lot of buying there. (laughs) But it's been a, it's, it's been, like, a real road of, like, you know, true friendship. And I think that's what, like, brought us here to kind of share our story and let people know that, you know, we're just like it. We've always thought about doing something together. I mean, one of our very first things was sticks and stuff. That's what we were calling it. Yep. Um, we pretty much wanted to sell all of our stuff, buy a bus, drive down to California, and sell marijuana and lacrosse sticks. Yep. Like, it was a, it was a sure plan. thing. It was we a had a plan. road trip. We had a trip yep. planned after. It was, it was a go. But yep. like you guys know in life sometimes... You get a curveball. Yep. And no, you definitely get a curveball, that's for sure. 
and we realized like once I graduated or once I finished school and I moved in with Kobe, like we had no money. <laughs> like, yeah. We were poor. <laughs> like, it didn't really matter like what we wanted to do because what we had to do was, you know, provide for mm-hmm. ourselves and kind of get that next step in life. So now that we're kind of moving on that train towards like success, we figured, you know, why not bring you guys along with the ride? All right. I mean, this is how, this is how it's, this is how it happens. This is how you start yeah. building the team and the culture. Yeah. So this is our local mo- local mountain podcast culture. So we'll be here what once a week to start with. Hopefully, we'll be putting it out every Monday or Tuesday. Yep, Monday right. and Tuesday with guests every now and then. Yep, we'll have guests. Um, we've got a lot of cool people planned out. Um, local people, I bet you guys have known about them for a while now. But but yeah, I'm excited for it, dude. I really am. Well, I'm stoked. <laughs> so our first episode today is just kind of give you guys a background on who we are and some of the things that we'll be talking about here in the near future mm-hmm. or once a week, like Kobe yeah. said, and just kind of, you know, like really connect with you guys. So our first subject is everything Missoula. Everything Missoula. Everything I thought Missoula. we were going to start something else. No, dude. Everything I thought we were going to go with our life stories. Well, yeah, but everything Missoula, like in our life story, that's oh. like accumulated how okay. we are now. Yeah. So you want me to start? Yeah, you start. All right. So I guess the first thing that you guys should know about me, um, I'm a family guy. Um, if you guys, we got to start back to my mom. I mean, my mom's been a huge influence. So my mom had me when she was, what, 17 years old? Yeah. Um, she was really young, and she put her soul, her life, her devotion into me. She completely stopped right when I came. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty cool. So Not only did she stop, she, like, furthered her, her yeah, like, so, education and everything. She's got... Plus, what, three degrees? Yeah, she's got three degrees. She works her ass off um, just to make my life better. Like, I couldn't, she be, you, I couldn't be more pleased with my mother. Yeah. I don't think I know a better person than her, really. She's awesome. But, but yeah, she had me when she was 17. Um, we grew up in Lolo, Montana. We kind of moved in and out of Missoula a little bit. But, yeah, she had me when she was 17. Um, we... What are you doing over there, dude? Grab another beer, man. Grab another beer? Uh, I think I'm all right for now. Well, I'm out. <laughs> this is why we need a mini fridge, Albert, right well, here. We're not at the studio yet. <laughs> no, but yeah, like Kobe said, his mom was a huge influence in his life, and that allowed me, him being who he is because of sh- her being who she yeah. is, allowed me to you know move in with him and like build this friendship and this mm-hmm. brotherhood. And when I moved to Missoula, my life kind of hit a reset. Yeah. I was living in their spare bedroom. I found a job working at uh, Lewis and Clark doing, like, their food service stuff. And then was doing construction. Just a bunch of jobs I didn't feel feel really brought me to, like, what I went to school for. And living, like, at that house, like, I was able, like, to find happiness. Just, like, the day-to-day things. Like, when Kobe says he's a family man first, like, truly... Like, those kind of things that he takes a part in, like, his day-to-day, like, talking to his family members, his nephew, like, making sure everyone's, like, okay and smiling. Making sure shit gets done. Yeah, like, <laughs> that has, like, taken such a huge toll on my life, and it's made me who I am. Like, living in Missoula, that's kind of the culture. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, everyone in Missoula has that same kind of, like, brand name, like, hard nose, working hard all the yeah. time, making sure shit's, like, taken yeah. care of. And it's just been sick. Missoula's probably one of the coolest places. 
it's a cool place for sure. Um, a little bit weird sometimes. <laughs> Keep Missoula weird. <laughs> Keep Missoula weird, that's for sure. But yeah, where I grew up, it was we were in the middle of nowhere. Um, just so you guys like know, my Wi-Fi was literally like 0.2 megabytes per minute or some shit. Like watching Netflix is a no. There was no watching Netflix. DVDs, there was no watching maybe. Hulu. It was DVDs or download and then and watch it when you get People home. make fun of me because I have a huge CD collection, and it's because. That People make fun of your Pokemon collection. Okay. And Pokemon your collection is sick. It's all right. collection is sick. They're not bad. But yeah, I grew up maybe, me and my mom, we grew up maybe a quarter mile away from my grandma's house. Um, I had two uncles, and the first kind of hardship I had was when my uncle passed away, uh, Uncle Garrett. I was three years old, so I don't remember it, but it was definitely tough. Um, yeah, I don't really remember much about him, but... His impact on the family was... His impact on the family was phenomenal. Massive. Um, we're a huge dirt biking family. I forgot to kind of tell you guys about that. Fly racing, baby. Fly racing, yep. W WPS, Western Power Sports. Grandpa's been there for, what, 35 years? I took it over, but... But yeah, um, elementary school, middle school, it was all pretty normal. I was a very quiet kid, normal kid, nothing crazy. Um, I never stepped out of my shell. And then in high school, I found lacrosse. That was kind of the beginning to the end, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, so started lacrosse my sophomore year. Um, and Coach Moose of the University of Great Falls actually found me. Moose. Coach Moose, yep. He was a great guy. Yeah, he came up, he found me. Um and he wanted me on the team, I guess. I don't know how. I was a raggedy 140-pound, 6'2". He was a stud in the making. He just didn't know it. I didn't know it, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, then I went to University of Great Falls. And that's where I really blossomed, I'd say. I met a whole bunch of different people. Um, it's where I met Albert, oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> Helped me move into my first apartment in college. I barely knew the kid, and he called me. He's like, hey come move with me. I'm like, all right. We're like freshman hazing, just yeah. taking so gracefully. It was like almost a body experience. <laughs> but it was awesome. I think from that day on, like we were like, like peanut butter jelly, dude. Yeah. Literally like during like drills. I think we even like had some like random classes together like your first year there. Yeah, I think that you were in Argo Entrepreneurs oh, with yeah. Katrina Stark. Shout hopefully out Katrina we'll get, Stark. Hopefully we'll get her on the podcast. <laughs> um, that'd be a hoot. She'd drink a lot of, uh, she, what's her beer? Mountain Man. Mountain Man, another, yep. Another great Montana Shout beer. Shout out to Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Old Front Brewery. <laughs> but yeah, freshman year, it went great. Um, there was five other freshmen that came in with me, and then it was only me and one other kid that actually stayed through the sophomore year. Yep. Um, so it was kind Jeremy. of a blessing in disguise. I really had to step up. Um, honestly, I had to kind of put... I'd say a lot of the team, like, on my back, Absolutely. in a way. Absolutely. Um, we had a whole bunch of really good kids that were way better than me. And then when they all left, it was like, well, either this team's not going to succeed or I have to step up and meet Albert has to step up and a couple other guys have to step up. And we really made it a hell of a year. We, made we, we, made, we didn't make very many wins, but... No, but it was like it was the process start. to like yep. starting a culture. Yep. You know, like that's when we got used to, you know, being around each other really 
you know, talking, like, having those uncomfortable conversations and then practicing hard, challenging one another. And that's what, like, where it really took a turn. Yeah. Like, that's when we started, like, to believe. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were, like, all right, we're on to something here. Yep. And we followed through. And, like, honestly, I've taken so much from that college season into, like, my life. We're just dealing with, like, people who, you know, you just now, or who are new to your life. And then putting that towards something that you want to be successful in, like, towards life and, like, you know, a job or whatever it may be. But that culture is like, stayed instilled into, like, into yeah. me. My freshman year, when I came in, that was how UGF was going to be. Oh, for sure, by far. I mean, because what, the program was what, only, what, two years old, right? So Three really, years old with three different coaches. Yep. So there really wasn't a set in stone process. There yeah. wasn't an actual team, I think, until my freshman year, and I'm very happy no. that I came in that year. The next year, so my senior year, we ended up going undefeated at home. Yep. And we ended up going from no ranking to number 11 ranking in the country. Yep. And then making a playoff run, losing the second round. Yep. We did it. That was a hell of a year. So yeah, that was my sophomore year. Um, my sophomore year was definitely had a lot going on. So in the fall... My second uncle actually passed away. He was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Bill, yep. So I had to leave for a week. I told the team, I was like, look, I got to go away. And I told the coach that I might not be coming back, honestly. I didn't tell any of the team members, but I told coach, I was like, look, I don't know if I'm going to come back. My family needs me more. He told one team member he's leaving that part out. Yep. He told the first person he called when he found out, actually. That's what he's leaving out. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah, so the next morning, I literally called Albert. I was like, hey, you got to get over here, man. And then he helped me pack up. I'm thinking, like, it's the worst. I'm, like, the one yeah. saying, like, the worst, I'm like, fuck, like, Kobe is mm-hmm. just something bad has happened <laughs> to Kobe. <laughs> like, it's not good. Yeah. Totally not what I expected. So, but, yeah, nobody really expected that. Um, that was a huge loss. Uncle Bill was kind of the, the glue. The glue yeah. You know, he, he definitely kept the family together. He Grandpa just, was getting a little bit older. He was kind of stepping up and then... He held himself accountable yep. for everything. He was so fucking humble. Yep. Watching him pass away, it was definitely weird. So my mom came to me. She's like, hey, do you want to speak in front of people? And I've never spoken. I'm a pretty like, laid-back person. I don't really say much normally. He's I'm the guy in the corner of the room. Like, I'm red right now, just talking <laughs> to the computer screen, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I ended up standing up in front of 100-plus people with Close, a, like, friends and family. Yeah, like, close just, friends and family. People were just kind of, like, close, yep. like, extremely close people. Um, I had people crying. I had people laughing. And I think that moment was kind of when... The second half of Kobe, I would say, came out. That day, I ended up sealing a job with my company that I work at now. Um, The boss man was there, and he said, hey, you can take your uncle's place when you're ready. And sure enough, now that I'm out of college, I'm at WPS. And that's very much a blessing and a curse, I would say. I mean, you're striving. You're definitely making your hidden accolades left and right. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of work. I mean, it's it's a job, you know. It was tough, and it is tough for sure. Because you have he he's not mentioned that he has a very similar route that his uncle used to drive, yep. and he grew up driving those routes with him. Mm-hmm. You know, like the like the summers, like when he come home, yeah, he grew up doing that and having that 
day-to-day experience with his uncle, and now he's full-on taking on a route extremely similar. Yep. Well, I take on this same exact route. I drive. I ended up buying his truck from him. I drive a bright orange Toyota Tundra now. <laughs> it's a little bit annoying. It's but beautiful. Do, it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, but, yeah, when I got back, the only reason I came back to that school was because of the lacrosse team. There was mm-hmm. nothing else holding me there. And the lacrosse team definitely helped me through the, the worst of times. That was definitely the low point of my life, I'd say, was that point. But, yeah, they brought me in. Um, they took me in. They were like, yep, we're going to help you through whatever else. And Albert, he was kind of the number one guy. I mean, I remember calling him at 2 a.m. sometimes just to talk. Be like, hey, like, I need to let this out. And sure enough, he'd pick up. Every time. Well, come over and play FIFA. Literally. Go take this LNHL. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll talk over a beer. Yeah. But I think that's, like, brought us to such, like, a... Close level. For real. And, like, mm-hmm. not even, like, close. Like, because when I moved out of Kobe's house in the middle or after the summer was over, because we had those really, really bad fires, mm-hmm. I moved out, and you went back to school, and we didn't really talk as much, like... It's not like we could like couldn't talk. We just you know didn't talk. Mm-hmm. But it was every time we did talk, it was like talking to you like as if it was this. Yeah, yep. you know, it was just something that you like look for from like a teammate, and then like then a friend, then mm-hmm. a brother. Like our relationship has con- continued to grow. And like odd enough, like with most guys on the team, that's how it is. Yeah, which is crazy yeah. to say because I don't think I've played for any other team that I've, that I've built relationships like that. Mm-hmm. Like I have close friends, but. I never played sports to that mm-hmm. kind of proximity with them. But it's been great, dude. Yeah, so you moved in, what, after my sophomore year or was it after my junior year? After your sophomore year, going into your junior going year. Going into my junior yep. year. Yeah, so once I went into my junior year, I was kind of all alone. And I feel like I've always been the, the little brother kind of of everyone on that team. Absolutely. And I finally had to, to He's kind of a big stand brother up. Now. Yeah, I finally had to become the big brother. Um I just take priority in being kind of the role model, I would say. Um, I stopped pretty much partying, doing everything possible, and I tried to become the best teammate I could possibly be. <laughs> and he was. He was a great teammate. But yeah. not even that. He was just like a great person, which like made him a better teammate. <laughs> it was sick. What's like one thing you wish you could have again as like an experience? Experience? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we talked a lot about my sophomore year, but I would want to live that again in a heartbeat. Um, that sophomore year definitely made me who I am today. I remember it like it was yesterday. Yes. Like, like every day. Like I'll be honest with you, I don't remember quite my <laughs> freshman year. I don't really remember my like my junior year. My senior year we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but the sophomore, but yeah, the sophomore year, it was, like year it was yesterday. Pretty, yeah, it was, yep. Everything was just laid out perfectly. Like, yep. You could imagine like a college experience playing a sport. It was just a college experience. That's what it was. You made friends. You had a good time. You smiled. You yep. learned. Like we traveled. Like yeah. we did everything, and we did it together. It was perfect. It was awesome. It really was. Um, but yeah, now we're on to my senior year. So by this point. I am the the full-fledged captain, I would say. Um, Everyone was looking up to me to make the the right decision, for sure. 
Um, now you might make the right decision, but to just look up to you as someone that could, you know, mm-hmm. understand someone who would like understand them. Yep. Because being like a captain is so much more than making the calls at practice and going up to like the hash marks before the game starts. Yep. You know, it's texting those players to make sure their grades are good. It's being there when someone needs, you know, a shoulder, an mm-hmm. ear. You know, it's being a captain, being a big brother is so much more than just like the fine print. You know. Yeah. It's all the little things that really, really matter, which you know just goes to show that we're regular guys. Yeah. You know, because we've had people that we need to fucking call when you need twenty fucking bucks or when you're having a <laughs> shitty fucking day or when you need a ride or you know, you just need something or you need mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was, dude. That's that's what being like a big brother, being a cat, being just a, a good person is. Yep. And we embodied that. Yeah, so there was me as a senior, there was one other senior, there was two juniors. Yep. One sophomore and then fourteen freshmen, yep. and so I really had to buckle down and be like, "You guys need." Because you're the face your... of the program at this yep. point. I would think about that. Yeah, yep. you're it. I really, I mean, I hate to be like, "Oh, like fuck me, oh, look at me," but no, dude, yeah, you're I mean, I was like, I was the guy, you know. Before we always had other guys. <laughs> you <laughs> you're the and guy. I would, I would always be like the second or third guy up, you know, where. I would score three points or, you know, get a couple assists. But now it was like, if I don't perform well, the team's not going to perform well. Right. Was and it, so there was so much It was a triple stress. effect. Yep. Because you, let's like, not even like to say like you were, like there's a saying in all sports that you're only as good as your worst guy. Yep. Right. And you weren't the worst guy by any means. Mm-hmm. But we just had so much talent like your sophomore year. Yep. My senior year. Tours like you were first line, yep. but you did a little bit of everything because you did it well. If I made a mistake, I would always have other teammates to make it up for me. Absolutely, you know? but you'd like always have teammates year. on your ass too. Yep, yep. But that year never happened, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, my senior year, right after our fall ball tournament here in Missoula, the after athletic, beating Boise State, yep. The athletic director said that we were going to be a team no more after this year. Um, and so I could tell in all my freshman eyes that they didn't really want to play, unfortunately. No. Um, and I had to put my own pride aside, put my own senior, senior year aside to be like, they want to play somewhere else. And so I sat down with the whole team. I said, look, we can play, um, or we can focus on grades. We can help you guys get into the you know into a different program whatever else you want to do he was a big brother yeah he was a family man i think yep. that's what we're circling back to you know is when we talk about the first thing kobe said is i'm a family man i'm the very first thing I'm on the podcast and that's the entirety of it i mean yep he put everything above himself 14 freshmen who are just now coming to this terrible situation well, that is terrible, but imagine him as a senior. Mm-hmm. Imagine being going to the cusp of your senior year to come from a losing program when you started to being a damn good team with some you, you know, with some promise, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like actually have a run at like a natty, like yep. on the offside that it could happen. Just saying, you know what, this isn't about me, this is about mm-hmm. you guys. I've had three good years here. Yep. And I was hoping for a fourth great one, but it's your turn. Yep. To pass that torch, dude, that takes a man. Yep. It's humbling. I can only imagine. You know, it was tough. I always think about now, like, what would have happened? What if I would have made these freshmen play? And 
I just go back to the thought of, well, I graduated. I got five or six freshmen into different programs where they're thriving, they're succeeding at. Um, nobody on the team had a failing grade except for one kid. Which is um, rare for any lacrosse team. rare. Any lacrosse team, especially um, ours, but... Whew. Yeah, so I worked really hard with with our... What is she? Twyla, what's she called? Our, uh... Oh, Twyla Croft? Yep. She's like our... Kind of our team... Mentor, yeah, I would that's say. that's probably the best way. Yeah, so Twyla was like our team mentor. She helped me when I was failing my freshman year. Or when I was failing um, my senior year. Yeah, it seems like she, the she helped everybody. But yeah, that... My senior year in the spring semester, we didn't have any. She's like our team counselor, I would yep. say, amongst like every other thing that a lacrosse team would need, yep. or just a person would need. She was she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she was a great human being for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I ended up graduating. I got a three so I made my mom proud. I made both my uncles proud. Made my pretty much my family proud, I'd say. Um. He made himself yeah. proud. I made myself proud, right. that's for sure. I feel like I put myself kind of in the like the rearview mirror, and I think about everyone else before me. But, yeah, I'm proud of where I am today. Um, so, yeah, I'm working with a great company. I go around, and I sell motorcycle products, and I think I do a damn good job about it. I know a lot. If you guys have any questions, let me know. <laughs> He's not bad. I'm not bad. I'm he knows right. a guy. I'm still a freshman. I know a guy. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of... What my life story is up to here, up to this very point, sitting in this room, recording. (laughs) And this is how it's, everything that he's talked about has molded him Mm -hmm. to like this point, Mm -hmm. to like seeing himself prosper and becoming like successful, like on his own terms, not by like what the world's telling him success is. Like being a family man will put you at ease. Quicker than having $2 million in your bank account, mm-hmm. by far. Are we going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and we're back. <laughs> we got another beer, both of us. Um, I'm sitting on God number five, I think. Uh, Cruising my uh, way through my, my sixer. Yeah, yeah, I think we're almost done with the sixer, aren't we? Yep. So that means we're kind of almost done with this yep. first podcast. It's been going. It's been a hell of a time so far. Um yep. But yeah, while we were talking on our Beer little break. break, I realized that I've never really heard Albert's full story. Um, so yeah, if you want to start with yeah, that, man. let's go. So Kobe kind of told you guys about him and his background and kind of what his values grew to be because of situations. So my background is quite a bit different. I uh, was born out of the country. I moved in and... I had a very different set of circumstances. Where I mean, were you born? Philippines. Right, right, right. So, the mo- like most black men, I mean, I really don't talk about it much because I just don't remember it. But filing for like dual citizenship was brutal. Anyways, I think the biggest thing for me is like the part of my story, like, okay, so. <laughs> So yeah, being born in the Philippines and then moving to Oakland when I was four, it was just intense. Coming from Oakland, it's just, or being from Oakland, is just very different. Oakland is one of those places that has a lot of beauty into it. It's a lot of organic beauty with the people, the culture, the 
just the kind of life you live, but it's also very violent. It's got a lot of crime. And it's almost unforgiving in those two matters. You know, one day you could see someone the next, wrong place, wrong time. They could be completely gone. So growing up in Oakland, I was there about four. I went to VIP. It's a small preschool in Oakland. Tupac died when I was in that school. It was insane. I remember hearing about it as like a six-year-old. It was like Tupac died. Like, and he's like, he claims Oakland. So that was, that was like the first devastating hell I took. And that shit sucked. That's Going crazy. a little further. What about Biggie? He was, yeah, he died, but I mean, he's not from Oakland. Like, Tupac claimed Oakland. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that shit was, it hit home. And so going later, and then I ended up going to a school called Black Pine Circle. Black Pine Circle was like a prep school for middle schoolers. It was in Berkeley, in like Old Town Berkeley. And it was just a school where, like, I felt like I was pressured. I was taking two languages, and I had a lot more on my plate than any kid from Oakland should have on this plate at the time. So is this, like, a private school? Yeah, private school. Yeah. It was expensive. It was, like, 13 grand. Really? Yeah, dude. And it was, you know, my mom was making good money, so my mom is super hardworking, similar to Kobe's, Kobe's mom. My mom has been a huge influence in my, in my life as just as far as work ethic and just who I'd like to model myself after as a person. She's hardworking, she's dedicated, she loves her kids. And I feel like a lot of those things were instilled in me. Going to Black Pine Circle was just hectic because I was struggling with being a black man and not a very black place, if that makes sense. Was it, was, it mostly white kids? It was all white kids. I had one black kid in my class named Cad. Cad Smith, and another one named Morgan. So they Shout both out played to Cad, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they both played lacrosse. Like, I played basketball. Like, all the differences with that. Like, I just didn't feel like I belonged. And that same, later that same year, I ended up losing my memory and continuing with my CPS. All in within one year. So I had foster Great. parents and lost my memory all within a year. Can I ask how you, like, lost your memory? Like, yeah, dude, I had... I had seizures, like, up to that point. Really? Like, four or five seizures with, like, in, like, two or three months. That's crazy. Yeah, and I ended up losing my memory, and they found out, like, it was all stress-based. Like, Did you lose all your memory? Like... At, yeah, when I first woke up, so uh-huh. I lost my memory. I, like, woke up at my aunt's house, and I was, like, looking for who's around. I was, like, I don't know where I am. It's at my godmother's house. That has house. to be a scary feeling, It was right fucking there. terrifying, That's dude. awful. And I'm not even... I'm, like, just turning, like, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, we get to the hospital, and people are talking to me and asking me all these questions, and I don't have any answers, because I don't know what the fuck to tell them. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know these, like, my mom, I don't know what my mom looks like, you know? And then, slowly, like, over the next three months, everything comes back full fold. You know, I know math, English, like, Spanish, like, languages, like, everything's fine. Is this, it's almost as this, it's almost as it, like, never happened. After Black Pine Circle, and after my seizures, and after losing my memory, my mom got divorced, and I went to a school called St. Leo's, which is in Piedmont, which is like a smaller town in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And Piedmont was like affluently black. It was like a, it was a private school, 
Catholic school, and it was like predominantly black. So I had like a lot of black friends, like who came from like single parent homes who were doing well. Like, you know, it seemed more like up to speed, more up to code. Like black guys, like all right, like this seems fucking doable. And as a kid, like auditing your fucking school before you even step in a place, like shouldn't you have to be a thing? Like show up, do good. That's that's like as a eleven year old, that's all you should worry about. Mm -hmm. If you're worried at all. So in the back of my mind, I got all this shit. And then I attend there, and it's like, all right, I feel comfortable. So, and similar to Kobe, when he came out in college, you know, feeling comfortable and growing his own skin and really blossoming, I felt that's where I kind of got that. That's where I was able to really be myself and find out who I was, like, as a man. And how old were you? 11. You were 11. Yeah, it was not crazy. But that's where I blossomed. So I was 6th through ninth grade. I repeated 6th grade. 6th to... Not 9th, excuse me. 6th to 8th grade. I started playing basketball pretty competitively. AAU, playing for the Rebels and Rocktown and the Soldiers. And then playing at St. Leo's. Met some good buddies. Victor and Marcus and Jabari and Moses and Derek and Alan and Chris. Just good friends who I grew up with who just happened to go to the same school as me. So it was more like a regular feeling. Mm -hmm. And then... I get to go to high school, Bishop O'Dowd High School, which is, I don't know, it's kind of in the hood. It's on 98th in Oakland, which is like a pretty well-known street. I was guess. the last school you were in like a private school as well? or was Yeah, it... so they're both private schools. Okay. And then you went to a, a public school? For when I graduated. So my freshman year. So your freshman year. Okay. Yeah, at Bishop O'Dowd. Yeah. I was freshman through 11th grade there at Bishop O'Dowd, and that was awesome. I got to play sports. I got to meet new people. You know, I had my first real experience of like what an experience of school should be. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't really worried about as terrible as I say, I wasn't worried about making grades. I was worried about having fun. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of fun. I met, I, I had a lot of fun. I met great people. I got to play lacrosse. I was introduced to lacrosse for the first time after playing basketball for, you know, since middle school. Yeah. And who that, got you into lacrosse? Like, was that was dude, it a school sport? It was like, a school sport, so they really? were pretty good. And we had a bunch of players playing club at that time, and like major clubs like Oregon, uh -huh. like uh, Washington Gonzaga, like St. Mary's, like just good clubs in the mm -hmm. area. Like, if you know lacrosse at that area at that time, those were the schools you wanted to go play club at. Really? Yeah, dude, it was nice. Like the Pac-12 schools, and, like they had good gear. It was it was the experience you wanted for playing lacrosse. Uh, it ain't West nothing Coast. like Montana boys. I'll no, tell you that it ain't. It ain't. <laughs> but you know, it was it was cool because I had something to look forward to. But I was sitting in a Spanish class, Miss Gilfoy's class, with a couple buddies, Diego, Doyle, and Carrie Snyder, and they were like, I wasn't playing basketball. So yeah, dude, we were in Spanish class, and my boys were like, you should come play lacrosse. I'd never even seen a lacrosse game before in my life. This is my junior year or high school. So I go out to practice one day. It's like a study hall where the boys are just, you know, sticks and gloves, just passing and taking some shots. And I was terrible, but I loved it. It was awesome. It was just like basketball with, like, a stick. I was like, all right. <laughs> I can figure this part out. 85% of it's done. Wrong. But... I was just so dedicated because I was a workhorse from basketball that I ended up making varsity that junior year at like a pretty good program, and it was awesome. Unfortunately, I only played 
like our summer league, which is like box across in California. And I couldn't uh, play the school year because I was ineligible. I couldn't make grades at that school to save my life. So junior year comes and goes. My senior year comes around. I'm like, all right, well, I have no, no luck playing basketball, but I'm transferred anyway, so I may, may still be able to wing it. Like getting, like walking with a full ride. Get to a school called Piedmont. Piedmont High School where I played a summer league. It was fucking crushing it. Sounded like a general good year. Mm-hmm. Like doing everything I need to do, like playing well. And I didn't get into the school because I didn't live within the city limits. Really? Yeah. So it was terrible. <laughs> so then they offered like a, like an alternative school. Like a millennial it's like I think it was like called Millennial High School. Mm-hmm. Which is like an alternative school where you took like classes and stuff like that it's a little time. But it just wasn't it wasn't the school I was looking for. It wasn't traditional. Like it wasn't I felt like I was backtracking. So I didn't go there, I ended up going to San Leandro High School. So between this time and my junior year, where I started playing lacrosse, and my senior year beginning, I've already moved twice. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom and my younger brother moved homes two different times. So senior year comes, it's October, like fall, and we move again. We move to San Leandro, it's like right, it's like two blocks from the school, so it works out. So I, it was cool. I liked it. Senior year comes and goes. Ends up playing for a club team for lacrosse, which is like travel and lacrosse ball for like similar basketball. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. So your lacrosse team, your most recent one, that like you're talking in about, high school. Yeah. In high school, was it predominantly black kids, or was it a mix, or was it? No, it was because pretty... I feel like lacrosse as a not necessarily a culture, but like. As a, as a high school sport, it's white. I don't know what it. Yeah, like all of my teams were always predominantly white. I feel like lacrosse has gotten that name for being a rich white kids sport. Yeah, it's compared I mean, to golf. And like compared that to yes, no, like, for sure. Dude. So was most of your kids black? Was were they? No, most of the kids in the lacrosse program were white. Really? I mean, yeah, just I mean, down to earth guys. Like mm-hmm. if I'm gonna like class like. This is not sound terrible, but mm-hmm. I'm not like class like white guys. Yeah. Like these are like the coolest white guys ever. Like oh, they were just so yeah. fucking normal. Like, yeah. Down here, my buddy Doyle would come drive from Berkeley to San Leandro to pick me up for fucking uh, 6 a.m. practice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just good people. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, they were all mostly white guys. Yeah. It's not until I got to uh, Great Falls where I had like two white, two white guys. Yeah. You know? Like, Lacrosse, so, I would say, is still a pretty predominantly white sport. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, it's like hockey. No, for know, sure. Like, like, you have guys who play who are black, and I mean, I feel like back east or yeah, more so, sort of like, you know, southwest, yeah. like Texas and those areas. They have some schools that are like predominantly black that they have lacrosse teams. Did your high school kind of knock lacrosse? Because no, I know even. it was a big sport. Was it? Yeah, it was Because a I know, sport. like, where I grew up, like, you played on the lacrosse team, you were, you know, you were, weird. you were an outcast. Yeah. Why do you play that sport? Why don't you play football? Yeah, why why don't you tra- do track? Why don't you wrestle? Why don't you do all this, this different stuff? No, you dude. Know? Lacrosse was pretty prestigious at that school. Really? It was, it was a well-known sport. Mm-hmm. And like, 
they were good. I mean, it wasn't just yeah. like a sport you like played like yep. pastime. Yeah, it's not like going to track cross country because mm-hmm. like it was a prep school, so like every sport was good. Yeah, like, tennis, soccer, yeah. men's and women's, like golf. Like mm-hmm. they were both. Everything was just competitive down to like the classrooms. So I didn't really thrive there, but going to San Leandro was cool because I was with like a lot of public school kids who were just you know good people mm-hmm. and like they grew up in you know Oakland like a lot of my new from like middle school school right? there. So they're cool kids, and I just got I felt more at home there. Ended up graduating San Leandro High, lacrosse year finished up, played for a club team, uh, Skyline Lacrosse Club, and got an offer to go play D3 right out of college, right out of high school. Little school called uh, Wells College where Moose, who recruited Kobe, was my teammate. He was my captain. And <laughs> That's crazy. That was a hoop, dude. Like, I get there, coach picks me up, and I... Get, I go to Syracuse Airport. He picks me up, and he's like, we got about an hour drive. He's like, all right, cool. Never met this guy before in my life. Just a white guy with chill. And I'm from Oakland. I've never <laughs> even seen chill. I'm like, what is this guy doing? So I'm like, we get on like 20 minutes in. We're like getting out the city. And we're like, it's one rural road. And there's like nothing. Just like weird buildings and shit in the distance. And he's just like, you know, kind of asking me like, you know, what I like to do, and I'm excited, you know, kind of talk to me like my class schedule. And that ended up being, that ride was, like, history. Like, that ride made me who I am. Like, that first college, like, real college experience, like, that's what you want is, like, an athlete. And, like, as a person, like, going to college. I was able to get, like, a full scholarship, like, academically, somehow. And I showed up three days late, and I'm thinking I'm hot shit. Like, I'm going to play, like, upstate New York, back east. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I fucking made it. Like, we made this. It. <laughs> Got there, didn't play a fucking lick of lacrosse, didn't start in a game, practice squad. I was awful. I'm How talking, many kids were on the team at the time? 17. And like, 17, huh? But, and, like, it's crazy. Like, some of them just, like, decided to play lacrosse in college. Like, mm-hmm. everyone wasn't, like, there for lacrosse. Mm-hmm. But these kids were fucking filthy. Like, they grew up playing lacrosse. Yeah. Like, you're kids from, like, Boston, like, Massachusetts, yep. and, like, Ohio, and New England, or, like, Long Island. And they're just like, yeah, I just decided to play. And they're fucking filthy. <laughs> so there's no way I'm starting, because I'm trash. But it was a good experience for me, like, understand, like, a pecking order. I'm, like, learning and comprehending you humbled yourself you know for like in a million yeah. like to one like yeah. one to a hundred like because i feel like you were the type of person that like in high school you're kind of hot shit you know like you made mm-hmm. you, like i wish dude you wish i huh? wish i just picture you like everyone was with hot the shit. hottest girlfriend mm-hmm. like dunking on people like <laughs> no. getting like 30 points a game <laughs> Not like close to like that's i was how good I picture you you know i was good dude but like i wasn't great like and, like, I envisioned myself a lot more, like, when I was playing basketball in high school, like, I'd get out, but I didn't stand out because mm-hmm. a lot of people were good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, going to Bishop Rodale is, like, the equivalent of almost like a Division One college, like, where everyone's good, like, they just yeah. go down the bench, like, yep. this person can do it that was, job. like, the best kid from, like, Sentinel High School, then going to Oregon. Yeah, you know. being, like, oh. But I imagine, like, Oregon's, like, the University of Montana. Yeah. And, like, so all the athletes in Montana went to U of M. Mm-hmm. This was, like, the high school for that. Yeah. You know, like, we were just... Yeah, like, this was the shit. Yeah, exactly. So We're like, going to kill it here. And, like, dude, I ended up playing JV for, like, a, a year. And, dude, it was just miserable. Because, mm-hmm. like, I knew I was better. But, like, 
For lacrosse? No, for like basketball. Oh, okay. Okay. But I just it was just it was tough, man. Yeah. Because I just knew that like no matter what I did, like I wasn't gonna be able to play like a team mm-hmm. Like I had two Division One rides, like Portland State and uh, UC Davis yeah. for basketball. Yeah. I ended up quitting. I was like, they brought a guy named Brandon Ashley. Six 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 seven freshman, Fucker. fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Tony Fercero, he was like, you know, Al, you're going to go to varsity next year, but you'll probably play JV as a junior because we just can't teach height. Mm-hmm. He's just this, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's going to be bigger than you. He's going to be better, and that's just what it is. Yeah. And like swallowing that pill really was what drove me yeah. to like really give lacrosse a good go. So when I got to college, I'm like, I had that similar setback, but it wasn't because I wasn't, I. It wasn't because, like, I wasn't, like, big enough or tall enough or strong mm-hmm. enough. It just because I wasn't good enough. I hadn't worked at it. So then I got, after grade fall, or uh, Wells College in New York, my freshman year, because of grades again, el- ineligible. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. That's, like, the lacrosse, like, yeah. story right <laughs> yeah. there. So, ineligible, in the point of junior college, Cayuga Community College, CCC. What was it called? Cayuga. Where's that at? Upstate New York. Okay. Yeah, it's like an hour, like 30 minutes from like uh, Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And did it right there, got like a 2-8, whatever. Transferred home to DBC. DBC is like a local community college in Oakland, Oakland area. Okay. It's a little further out of Oakland. It's like 45 minutes. And ended up uh, playing lacrosse there briefly, not like playing in a game and just, like, keeping shit practicing, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. further. Practice squad practice once squad. again, Practice baby. squad Hell once yeah. again. <laughs> All gear, no Damn games. straight. And that was brutal because I was working, but I was, like, wasn't playing, so I wasn't getting any stats. I had no film, nothing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a year, I find myself at uh, Santa Barbara playing for the Gauchos. How'd you get there? Applied, got in, and then got in, got comfortable, number 18 in the country. It's crazy. For lacrosse? For lacrosse. Yeah. For club. Once again, gone. Ineligible. <laughs> ineligible once a fucking again. That's crazy. So my mom's like, we're done. Like, you figure it out. Like, I'm not paying for school anymore because you're just, you don't, you don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. I understand that. I respect that. Still working out, playing, went to the city college, played on the first city college in our old, like, club team. The lead guys from, like, North Carolina, like, good lacrosse players, like, like a good makeup of, like, lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was legit. We ended up, uh, went on, like, seven games, made captain, made first line. Had, like, a good coach who, like, played professionally, like, went to school back east. Like, everything was, like, kind of looking like it was going to be something. Mm-hmm. Get a call from the coach in New York. My first college coach ever, Ryan Jenkins, and he's like, "How are your grades?" First off, I'm like, "You know, they're actually pretty good right now." For <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's like, "Well, how good?" And I'm like, "Like, he's like eligible good." I'm like, "No, like really good, like 3.4 good." He's like, "Oh shit, all right." That very he's next, stoked. yeah, he's <laughs> he can, he's in shock. So where did Jenkins come from? Was Jenkins he... just recruited me off a website. Um, like to for, go to New York. Where was this? What was this for? Lacrosse, like when for I was in high school. New York or for? Yeah, he's, okay. my, he's my New York coach. My, okay, he, okay. Coach yeah. New York. He coached me and Moose, so he gave us. Or he emailed me the next day. Was like, 
here's a national letter of intent mm-hmm. for University of Great Falls. Mm-hmm. Come be the first player. Come be the first <laughs> person that we signed for this program. First one. You're going to make history. Like, you're going to be the face of the program. Like, this is what you're working towards. I'm like, I'm fucking in. This is what? Six years in the making? Six years, yeah. Six years, yeah? From high school to, like, college. Yeah, and only played two real games. That's crazy. Yeah. So three leagues, four, five schools, and it's just been a ride. Get there, and my life changes. Everything, dude. From who I become to the person that I was, like, this, like, it's just, it's hard to almost put it in words because... I got there, and I just didn't know what I was looking for. So you came from Oakland to New York. Yeah. Back to Oakland. To go to BBC. To go, yeah, around Oakland. To go to... Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. To a Great Falls, Montana, middle of nowhere. Literally. Rural. More cows than people. There's more cows than people, and there's, what, like one black kid to every... 500 white kids. You know what's like, crazy? Like, when I got off the plane uh-huh. and people were, you know, kind of asking me, like, what I was doing, like, like what I was doing here, like, mm-hmm. not like rude, but like, you know, hey, how are you? We were interested. Okay, yeah. so we, because I am a white person, <laughs> the reason why I feel like I met Albert and wanted to get to know him was because I wanted to know the story that we're hearing now. I wanted to... You know, I mean, I grew up in a high school where there was three black kids, there was a handful of Spanish people, a handful of Asian people, and then 1,500 white kids. Yeah, it was, just wasn't it very, was, very diverse. It was just a white, dominant community, and when I got to the University of Great Falls, it was, you know, there was black kids from, you know, Oakland, Philly. like, yes, from Philly, uh, and all over LA. the state, and... There was... Abroad, because so- yes, our whole soccer games. team was yes. basically international. She's just from England, mm-hmm. Brazil, and fucking, what, Scot- or, uh, Scotland. Everywhere. Sweden. I mean, there was a couple kids from Africa. There was kids For from real, Australia. Dude. There was kids from the all over the diversity there world. was absolutely unbelievable. Exactly. And so I feel like that's why I wanted to talk to Albert, in a way. You know, I wanted to know his story and know his background. Just because I haven't been around... You know, a black person, honestly. No, like, it's but like it's just something you don't really think about until like you're kind of there in mm-hmm. front of you, you know. And so, what did that feel like? You know, going to like a different school? going to a small ass school in Montana. That was a hard part. Like the yeah. diversity, I was like used to because mm-hmm. I dealt with people, or I'd been around people who were like weren't from where I yeah. like I never yep. spoken to them. Like, I come from very different backgrounds and cultures. That was the easy part. The mm-hmm. hard part was. Finding something to do because I had I really didn't mesh with anyone like how I did with like people back home. Like mm-hmm. back home, I would like you know we could just like ride around and go like you know hang out or at the house play video games. Mm-hmm. But we played like two K. Yeah, you know like here everyone was playing like Call of Duty or like yeah, NHL. The hunter. Yeah, you know <laughs> NHL. Like, so like even though we did this very similar things, we didn't do them in the same ways. I still whoop you ass in 2K. Don't you never, worry about never, that. Never, never, never happened. That's fake news for anyone listening. No, but dude, I just, it was hard for me to kind of find those common grounds with like people. You know, even Josh is like a great buddy of ours. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't really connect to like his second year because we moved in together. Yeah. So like, we saw each other more. But that was, that was the hardest part was finding something 
to keep myself like humble mm-hmm. while I was here. And that's when like I found, you know, hiking and snowboarding, and I started working in a brewery. Mm-hmm. So I was able to kind of like you know just learn about different shit because coming from Oakland, I didn't really know about it. Montana definitely does that to you. It, it oh, humbles sure. you down because it'll put yeah. you in like a place where it's like seven hundred square miles of like nothing and then something, but the something's in like eight square miles. Yeah. Yep. So you gotta go to that something like yep. kind of search around. And Great Falls, for those of you who don't know, Great Falls, Montana, is like Tenth Avenue South, the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. and like major highways. Yep. And we got two Walmart's. Well, there's uh there's the Air Force Base there. Yeah, Maelstrom, I guess, is a yep. huge part of that. Yep. That's Some a huge part. Yeah, Maelstrom Air Force Base is massive. But yeah, dude, those kind of things I just wasn't accustomed to. I wasn't really accustomed to having them so cl- like in my face. Mm-hmm. Where I had to like experience something else to like kind of just be alone myself and just learn yeah. about me. Yeah. I never had that experience. So Great Falls or Montana in a bigger picture was was that learning who I am, mm-hmm. and that was insane. So Great Falls get there first year, a lot of great potential. Eighteen freshmen coming in who were like all signed, like big name players. Like, we look great. We lose our first game to the University of Montana, who just won the National State Championship two years before we played them by three with 18 freshmen one person who's played collegiate lacrosse with a transfer student. All right, coach leaves. Get a new coach, Moose, who recruited you. Terrible year. He gets fired. And then we get Bokel. Bokel... I'll say that, so I never really grew up around Moose. Moose, he signed everything off. He, you know, recruited me. And then I walk into Bokel my freshman year. And for the first three years, I really felt not necessarily into his trap, I would say. But I listened to him. I respected him. He was was the guy. Because that's what you expected from a college coach, you know? Because I think that he was a, I'm not, I don't know, really know how to say this. He had the credentials. Like, he yes. came from a good program. Yep. He knew the sport. Yep. He knew how to recruit. Like, he, 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 was a, he was a coach. He was the package you would, like, think your coach was. Yes. He, exactly. fit, he, he fit the mold. Yep. And there was a lot of times where Coach Bothell, you know, none of the team wanted to listen to him. No. But I feel like you and me, we still stood behind Coach. We did, dude. To we like really a fault did. almost. Yes, and it almost hurt us to a certain point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always thought he was a great person. I he was really cool. Did. I mean, I mean he, 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 he knew his stuff. I think that we could have, I think there could always be a better coach around, but I think for the, the school with everything going on, with half the kids. He was the best of the best for the was, pieces we yes, were dealt. From the shitty pieces we got. Yeah, he was know. he was the best. So yeah, my senior year, our bubble comes in Kobe's junior, Kobe's freshman year, my junior year, and we're okay. We win like three, four games, which is like a big deal because which is the a year big before deal, we won we like one game, all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my senior year is when shit starts to get real. Mm-hmm. We, I think my senior year, I was like, I start working at like a swanky ass brewery, the front. I have, like, a hot girlfriend, like, I'm, like, feeling myself, I'm, like, we're playing well, I'm, like, we're winning. Yeah. 
We were then, winners back in the yeah. day, boys. Don't you forget about yeah, that. It was it was a good fucking time. <laughs> we like, might be washed up now, but if Blue Mountain State had a senior year, I can almost guarantee it looked something similar yep. to what I experienced. <laughs> and it was awesome. Like we had parties. Like it was just a good time. I made a lot of memories, and I smiled. And it was just something I'll always look back on as like thank you to like the people that were involved. Yeah. And then it comes to an end. I finished school. Kobe's like we're moving, and I didn't really give him an option. Yeah, I was he's like, like Albert, growing. I'll be honest with you, I don't see you going anywhere. He didn't like, say that. He I didn't was, say that. It was like a nicer term. That was in my head. Like, originally, Albert, I had not- like originally I was supposed to go to Denver for an internship, mm-hmm. but Kobe kind of saw me like because after four or six strings, like our original plan kind of fell through. I was like I a fuck. There was. I was just like bummed. I was like fuck. Like what the fuck am I doing with my life? Because like. Those who know me, I'm great at, like, on the fly. Mm-hmm. On the fly is, like, where I thrive. But, like, having a plan and sticking to it's not really my cup of tea. Like, I just yep. never had to do it. So, the Kobe was like, all right, Albert, you're coming with me. <coughs> because I think you'll do good here. I think you'll like it. Yeah. And that was it. I, I really thought about that. I mean, I just knew that, I mean, we hung out every day. And he always had dreams of, you know, hiking and being outdoors and everything else. So I was like, well, Missoula's the best place for him. I mean... We lived outdoors at your house. We literally lived outdoors. Pulled up to Kobe's house. It's like this nice-ass house with like a shop, fat-ass front lawn, a couple trees, dogs running out, you got goats. I'm like, oh, dude. (laughs) We lived on a farm. This is the best possible scenario. The Wi-Fi's terrible, so... Awful. Really, I'm getting to like talk to people and like, you know... Get outside of my comfort zone. You have zone. to drive ten miles just to get like a bar of cell service. There know? was a there was a like, bar within two miles. Yeah, but was there LTE? No, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're about ten miles out. Yep. No, but that was where it really sunk into me. Like I would see hanging around Kobe's family, like grandma and grandpa, and your mom and Chad, dude. Seeing like those day to day things where like everyone's holding themselves accountable, like hearing families talk about bills and day-to-day experiences so openly for me was fucking terrifying because I didn't grow up with that my mom you know until I was in high school I mean she pretty much took care of the bills when I got in high school she was like require certain things of me like you know you take care of a couple hundred bucks a month for this like when you toilet paper you're like little things like that groceries I need help mm-hmm. whatever but we never talked about it. it was like she told me and like she expected it like it was never like an Open conversation. Like, this is what it is. Needed by this day. Mm-hmm. In your house, dude, I, it was just, it was, like, so heartwarming, like, welcoming to hear everyone wants one goal. And whatever we got to do to get this goal, we're going to get to it as a family, we get to it as one. Yep. And that's what, that's what hit home for me. And that's when I started getting, like, family. I mean, it's been, what, three years now since that's happened? And yeah, it's, dude. like... My stepdad, Chad, he still comes over. He's like, hey, how Al's doing? You know, how, like, what's he doing? You know, why haven't we seen him in a while? Like, and, like, they'll know, call me. Like, and I spent my first yes. two Christmases here with them. Yep. I got my first Keurig yeah. and a quilt, dude, from <laughs> Grandma and Mama yep. and Chad and Grandpa. Like, those things were really, being around oh. you guys, being having that family, having, gaining that family mm-hmm. is what really, really, 
helped me grow. Yeah. By far. I yeah. definitely would not even succumb to like being engaged now or having like a good job with salary mm-hmm. or you know, having like being able to like come home, crack a beer. Yeah. Like with no worries. Like I mean, where do you think you would be if you didn't move in with me? I mean probably still working in Denver with a shitty job. Yeah. Or back home mm-hmm. doing God knows what. Mm-hmm. Like, you know I think this this was just like valid like moving here and like sticking it out. Ooh validated that like I was so worthy of like yeah. a fucking great fucking life yeah. and like, like now it's like all coming to fruition mm-hmm. Missoula will do that to you Missoula's a great place man I mean it's it definitely has its quirks it's definitely a little bit weirder I feel like it's definitely very progressive it is in a way there's a lot of space but it's still very compacted yeah I love Missoula man you know I'm I'm very glad that you moved you decided to move here three years ago. You know, I'm happy I decided to stay after the fire. Yeah. Yep. Because I did almost contemplate moving. Because like, that was here. like the first big thing. You know, we, you moved in that summer and then Montana just all of a sudden fire. we, I'm not going to say we had to kick you out, but like there was nowhere for you to stay. Well, I couldn't even get back up. You know. Because I was, I went to the tryouts in the Philippines or in Maryland for the little national team. Mm-hmm. Now was that? Yeah. Albert's grabbing another beer, boys. Uh, just letting you know. He's gonna crack the last one of the six pack. Here we go. Here we go. Let's hear it. It's a great sound. It really is. It is. But yeah, dude, that was when I came back and the fires were happening. You already left because I was using the trooper. Mm-hmm. I was using your car mm-hmm. to get from like A to B or wherever I needed to go. And you left, so I was like really like in a pinch, but yeah. Sticking that out was like that five months of just, oh, dude, it was just tough. I was working at Byron and paycheck to paycheck, like living up in Al's, and oh, dude, it was just a lot of like back and forth and yeah. making it work. But it all turned out for the best. I could like almost kick myself in the face for like thinking about leaving because mm-hmm. then I'd be like, this would have been possible. Yeah. But. Yeah, guys. I mean, this is how we're here now. This is, what, this is what family means to us. Yeah. Family is huge to us. Family is what the local mountain podcast is about. Yep. It's all about it. I mean, going from sticks and stuff to 406 strings to I don't know how many other things we would stay up all night talking about. Dude, around the fires during the summer. Just yeah, so bullshit. Just, I mean, we even thought about, you know, opening up a, a theater, an outdoor theater. Which would have worked out perfectly during worked, COVID. Would have worked perfectly. But, you know, this is why we're here, guys. It really is. We're here just to bring you the best quality content um, from the heart. You know? Yeah, dude. It's, we're here to share our stories and hopefully relate to some of yours. Yeah. Because that's who we are. We're just your local guys who day to day drink. We drink beer. We like to drink beer. We like to smile. Like we to like to work hard. You know. We like to fish. We got dogs and cats and animals yeah. like we. Yep. If you hear in the you. background, that's uh, that's Brewer. Yeah, he's that's our husky. Yep. That's the husky dog. See ya, guys. This is the end of the podcast. We'll see you next week. Albert's got a few things to say. Let's hear it. Please follow us at uh, Local Mountain Podcast on Instagram. The first 20 mentions get 25% off the uh, merch we're dropping next week. Thanks again, guys. Peace.